Hey, thanks for joining us for another message from the City Church. We're a local church in Mississauga, Ontario, gathering in community as we move closer to Jesus. We hope this message from our lead pastor, Brent Coulter, encourages you wherever you're joining us from today. Good morning, everyone. Are you glad to be in the room today? I'm glad to have you in the room today. And like I've been saying for the last few weeks, we've been open. Man, you got to represent our whole church family with a bunch of loud amen. So let's practice right now. Amen. amen. That's good preaching, Pastor Brent. Amen. Hey, wait, I didn't get that from you. Come on. That's good preaching, Pastor Brent. All right. And for those of you still at home, welcome. Thanks for joining us online today. You are still a part of our family, even though you are there and we are here. We are still the City Church, and we are still all about moving people closer to Jesus. Amen. Amen. You got to be loud with your amens, friends. You got to represent like three other people, all right? Can anyone imagine that school is like two or three weeks away? All of the kids excited about that. I feel like they just gave us like an extra couple weeks of March break, and then now it's August, and the world it just disappeared in all of those months. <laughs> all right, we are in week three of a series that we are calling Following the Way, and we were just singing about God is a Waymaker. Aren't you excited about that for our lives, that every individual here, that God is making a way for us in our lives? Thank God a way that we can't even see, a way that we can't imagine, that God is so good, that God is so well-connected, that he is making a way for us in every single situation. But then he also has ways for us to live, very powerful ways from the word of God. And that's what we're diving into right now in this series, just finding out ways so that we can live according to the way of God. And I've been reading this verse from the end of the book of Judges, and it says this, in those days Israel had no king, everyone did as they saw fit. And that explains our world a little bit, that people are just kind of doing their own thing, but we in the church as followers of Jesus, we don't want to just do our own thing. We want God to be our king, we want Jesus to be our Lord, and we want to do the things that he would have us to do. Because the things that he would have us to do, the ways that he would have us to live, the ways that he would have us to think are the life-giving ways. Jesus came that we would have life and have it more abundantly. Jesus didn't come to give us religion. He, He wanted to help us to understand life, not just to do our own thing, but to actually dive into the ways of God. And this is what we see in the scripture that we see in the scripture a bunch of people just like you and I who just do their own thing and there's a bunch of negative consequences, then God comes down to save us and he offers us his salvation. He offers us his ways to live. So week three, week one, we just talked about and we're gonna continue to talk about that, that God wants us to be influential in culture. And then last week we talked about the path of most resistance. That this is a time where the enemy is trying to get all of us off track. Why? Because the church has a work to do right now in this season. And if he can tempt us, if he can get us off track, if he can get us doing our own thing, we can miss out on what God would have for us in this season as a ministry to the world. So as we are doing in this series, we're differentiating God's ways from man's ways. And Jesus has a way for us to live. He has ways for us to live. And as we've been listing off each week, we could see in the book of Psalms that there's a way of righteousness. There's the right way. There's the way of God's statutes. 
There's the way of truth. There's the way I should walk. There's the perfect way. From the book of Proverbs, we have the way of life, the way of the just, the way of holiness, the way of peace, the good way, the way of the meek. Also in the scripture, we see a troubled way. Persevering ways, preserving ways, ways of thinking, man's ways, Cain's ways, evil ways, God's ways, the world's ways, the right way, a more excellent way, which we know is the way of love. And then what we have for us defined defined in the Gospels is that Jesus is the way. So encapsulated in all of these ways, we see in the life and ministry of Jesus that we're not just attaching ourselves to a singular thought, but we're attaching ourselves to Jesus, who is the way, the way of salvation and the way that we should live. So we're looking at, as Jesus is the way, the way of God, his words, his thoughts, his lordship, and then consequently our discipleship that we would find out about his ways and live in those ways because those are the ways that give life. And as we look at the life and ministry of Jesus, he does the right thing and he answers the questions the right way and he asks the right questions. And he says and does the right things every time. Now, just a definition of the word way just means a journey, a going, a manner, a means, a path, a road. And the the journey of life that we are on, God wants to comment on the way we live. Don't we think that's a good idea? Don't we think that's a profitable endeavor for us to have guidance, for us to have counsel from God himself about how we should live our lives, the way that we should be living our lives? Because when we are um, accepting and living in God's ways, man, we can make a difference in the world. And this is what Jesus wants for us to do. Matthew chapter 5, verse 13 says this You are the salt of the earth, talking about his followers, a preservative, a difference maker in the world. This is what Jesus has for all of us that we be a difference maker in the world today. <clears throat> but Jesus says, if salt has lost its taste, how shall its saltiness be restored? It is no longer good for anything except to be thrown out and trampled under people's feet. You are the light of the world. You are salt and you are light. So you're going to be representatives of the way of God because the world needs the church to be the church. The world doesn't need the church to just do a bunch of other worldly things, a bunch of other ungodly things, to enter into conversations which need to be had in just an ungodly way. Man, there's a way to enter the conversation. There's a way to enter into culture God's way. So what? We can be salt and we can be light. But we don't want to lose our saltiness and we don't want to hide our light, as we'll see here. A city on a hill cannot be hidden, nor do people light a lamp and put it under a basket, but on a stand, and it gives light to all in the house. In the same way, Jesus says to us and his followers, let your light shine before others so they may see your good works and give glory to God, your Father who is in heaven. And that is our goal, living according to the ways of God so that we can give glory to God. We're not just celebrating our ideas. Any idea that's successful is going to come from the word of God. And so that's what we are going to celebrate, the ways of God. And we're going to live out the ways of God so that we can be salt and light. I was talking to a pastor friend of mine, and we were saying in this season, man, this could be the church's finest hour. 
And it will only be the church's finest hours if we follow the ways of Jesus. And we live out the ways of Jesus as individuals and as a group. Now, one of the things that we see about Christianity, markers of Christianity, is right relationship with God. And then this other part, this other very important part, is right relationship with one another. Love God, love people. And we see this is how Jesus answered the question when they would come to him. Lord, what is the greatest commands? Well, love the Lord your God with all your heart, your soul, your strength, and your neighbor as yourself. So it's not just about loving God. It's not just having a, a right thought about how I worship God and how I magnify God, but then how I am with people is so very important. In fact, how I love God is reflected in how I love people and how I operate with people. And God is all about togetherness. God is all about reconciliation. But in the world, what do we see? We see the exact opposite happening. We see people separating from each other and being apart from each other. And God is all about togetherness. And in the world, everybody is just separating from each other and pulling apart from each other. Now, there's a lot of frivolous things that we can pull apart from each other about. And, and these are some of the things that I have to watch out in my own life that I can argue about sports. And some of these are, are frivolous things. And, and you know, I, I, I would like to argue with Ontario-born Montreal Canadian fans. As I've said to you, to me, this is one of the most heinous things but we let them sit in the church and then there's other foolish young people who would say that LeBron James is the greatest basketball player that ever lives foolish nonsense and Andre and I know for sure Michael Jordan the best basketball player ever now, if you watch the Netflix, he's not the best person that ever lived, <laughs> but he's definitely the best basketball player that I live in. And I'm not even taking LeBron in my top three. Man, I'm taking Kobe in the playoffs before I'm taking... Anyway, so we could separate about all of these frivolous and foolish arguments. But man, in our world today, there's serious things that people are arguing about and, and tearing each other apart, and even within the church, that all of these things that are happening in the world are now coming into the church, and the church is dividing over politics, which I will comment on later in this series. Racial separation, which we see in the world, but has no place in the church. Can I get a loud amen? There's no place in the church for that. There's pandemic response separation. People arguing and hating on each other about these things. Socioeconomic separation. Very serious ways within our culture that people are pulling themselves apart, but God's ways is all about togetherness. It's all about reconciliation. And these are the ways that the church, we could be, this could be our finest hour. And if we just take the ways of God and we live out the ways of God, because God is all about bringing us together. And so what is the enemy about? Separating us, dividing us, us finding ways that we're different and focusing on those things and making those the preeminent things that we think about. But God, God is all about bringing us together. 
And there's strength in unity. There's strength in the togetherness. So how can we, the church, the family of God, be salt and light in the culture that's dividing itself? When God's family is all about togetherness, reconciliation, healthy relationships, how can we prioritize this with our words and with our actions? And it's so important to know, what does the family of God look like? What is God's vision for the family of God? And when God gives us a vision, how many know that's the right vision? That's the vision to grab onto. That's the vision to think about. That's the vision to get our identity from is the vision that God gives us. And we see such an eternal vision in the book of Revelation. He gives us this wonderful vision of the family of God and the new heavens and the new earth. What does the family of God look at, look like? Now, when we see a vision from God, what does this give us? This gives us a view of how the world should be. And and those of us in the church, we should be the first adopters of that. We should grab on to the vision of God. We should grab on to the vision that God has for humanity, and it should affect my worldview. There's a lot out there in the world today about your worldview, and we As followers of Jesus, we have to allow the word of God to change our worldview. And God's worldview needs to become our worldview. So what does God's family look like? Revelation chapter 5, verse 8 says this. And when he had taken the scroll, the four living creatures and the four and twenty elders fell down before the lamb, each holding a harp of golden uh, bowls full of incense, which are the prayers of the saints. And they sang a new song, saying, worthy are you to take the scroll and to open its seals for you were slain and by your blood you ransomed people for God from every tribe, language, people, and nation. And you have made them a kingdom and priest to our God. And they shall reign on the earth. Revelation chapter 7 verse 9. After I looked and behold a great multitude no one could number from Every nation and all tribes and peoples and languages standing before the throne, before the Lamb, clothed in white robes with palm branches in their hands and crying out with a loud voice, salvation belongs to our God who sits on the throne and to the Lamb. So what does the family of God look like? It looks like people from every nation, all tribes, all peoples and languages. It's time for amen right there, friends. (laughs) In other words, it's for every people, all of the people, right? That this is what, this is God's vision. Do you see that this is God's vision and this has to be our vision? This is how we need to think about how the world should be because this is how eternity looks. It is, it needs to change how we think. Can I get an amen? Because this is the family of God. This is, this, is, this is the place from which God is calling us to operate. So what does the family of God look like? It's a multi-ethnic, multi-racial racial family. This is the family of God. Now, what are we gathering around? When we're gathering around the throne, what, what is the th- common thing that we have? 
Jesus is our savior and worthy is the lamb and he is the one that saved us. This is where the church finds its commonality. We're not gonna find our commonality in basketball discussions or hockey discussions or political discussions or how to solve certain things in the world, but what our commonality is in the church that we're coming together under the banner of Jesus. We are coming together under the fatherhood of God. And this changes how we live our lives. There's no more us and them, there's just us. There's just us, there's just the people that God calls for eternity to stand around his throne. And what are we saying? We're saying, Jesus, he is our savior, he is our Lord, he is our main thing. That our identity is in God. This is what we're seeing in the scripture. And this is the identity that I choose. This is the identity that I want to choose in this time. I'm not choosing a political identity. I'm not choosing a racial identity. I am choosing, hey, you and I, we're going to stand around the throne together forever. God has called us all to be part of the family of God. And what brings us together? God is bringing us together. God brings us together. And this is why this could be the church's finest hour, is if we believe this and walk out this, it's going to make a difference in the world. Because we can be the multi-racial, multi-ethnic, multi-sports team That's making a difference in the world. Hey, what's, what's that group over there at the city church where, where they're just from a bunch of different nations and they have a bunch of different political opinions, but they're not putting any of those things as worship. I'm not worshiping any of those things. I am worshiping God. Because God is the thing that brings us together. And this is why we can be salt and light in the earth. But if we're just going to divide just like everybody else, then we're going to have lost our saltiness and our light will be extinguished. We can be this group of people from every tribe, every nation, every language, and we can come together. And what were they doing? They were worshiping around the throne. They weren't worshiping their political ideas as somehow that's God, because it's not God is God. And that's the thing that brings us together. So I want to embrace this vision. The beginning of the church, the Acts chapter 2, you know, what was, what was true of this group? What they, they were together in the upper room. And you know, the King James said they were all in one accord. We were together. And, and the Spirit of God was about to pour himself on all, out on all of these people. And the church was about to be birthed. And who was there? Let's find out. Let's find out this vision from God. When the Holy Spirit and tongues of fire were there and everybody heard the gospel in their own language, let's see who was there. Acts chapter 2, verse 5. Now there were in Jerusalem Jews, devout men, from every nation under heaven. Who was there at the beginning of the church? Was there just one group? Was it just the Jews? No, it was every group, every nation under heaven. This is the advantage the church has, friends. 
It's not about trying to match political ideologies. It's a call of God, friends. The call of God to be part of the church, to be part of the family of God, and the Holy Spirit is going to pour himself out here. And they were bewildered because each one of them was hearing them speak in his own language. And they were all amazed and astonished. Are not all these who are speaking Galileans? And how is it that we hear each one of us in our own native language? Parthians, Medes, Eliamites, residents of Mesopotamia, Judea, Cappadocia, Pontus, Asia, Phrygia, Pamphylia, Egypt, and parts of Libya. Oh, um, this is not Libya, but Lebanon. I wanted to make mention that Samaritan's Purse is actually responding to, you saw in Beirut, that terrible explosion that happened. Uh, Samaritan's Purse, the organization that we support every month financially, is actually on the ground there helping people um, in Beirut, uh, in Lebanon. And I just wanted to make mention of that. Go and follow their Instagram, uh, SP Canada, and you'll be able to see all of the great things Samaritan's Purse is doing. And when you give here at the City Church, you know that your giving is doing what they're doing. So I just wanted to make mention of that. I said Libya, that's actually Lebanon. It just triggered something in my mind, all right? We're back to the story. Belonging to Cyrene and visitors from Rome, Jews, proselytes, Cretans, Arabians, we hear them telling our own tongues or languages. What were they hearing? The same political opinion. The same way, uh, here's here's my thought about how, how to solve all the problems in the world today. Is that what they were hearing? What were they hearing? The mighty works of God. And this will bring us together. This will bring us together because God wants us to be together because we can make a difference in the world when we're together, lifting up the name of Jesus. We're not going to agree on everything. We don't have to agree on everything, but what are we all going to do as the family of God? What is the vision that God has given us every tribe, every nation, every language, every people group. What are we? Man, we are the family of God. And what do we do? God, we worship you. We couldn't save ourselves. Our people group could not save ourselves. Our language cannot save ourselves. Man, we need a savior. And we find that commonality in God, where the enemy wants us to separate and see how we're different. God brings us together and says, you are my children, you are my family. Man, and we could be salt and light. So together, this group of people from all of these different nations, all of these different places, all of these different languages, the Holy Spirit poured himself out there. And so that means we're in a good position as the city church to have an expectation to, to, for God to be pouring himself out upon us. You know, the, the small informal survey that we did a couple years ago that we have over 50 different nationalities represented in our church family. Can I get an amen? <laughs> That's what the church looks like. The church doesn't just look like you or me. It looks like all of us together, all of us together coming together and say, God, we worship you. You are our savior. We are not saving ourselves. Our politics are not saving us. You are saving us. So what they, what are they? They were together in the upper room and they heard about the mighty works of God. So we see in the New Testament for this group, 
that God is calling us to one another, one another. Over 50 times in the New Testament, it's love one another, be kind to one another, pray for one another, do all of these good things for one another. And this, and it's not, hey, I, I want to, can you tell me your political views first, and then I'll be kind to you? Do you see how that's different than the world? Because the world is, I got to make sure that we line up on everything. And if we don't line up on everything, canceled. That's just the enemy. It's the spirit of the world. It's the enemy. But here, one another, that, hey, we're in the family of God. We don't have to agree actually on anything except Jesus. And I can pray for you, and I can love you, and I can be kind to you. That this is what brings us together, and this is how we can be salt and light in the world. God's bringing us together. The enemy wants to tear us apart. What did Jesus say? A house divided against itself cannot stand. So that means there's strength and unity. And who do we unify under? Jesus is his name our Savior, and our Lord. See, and the, the beautiful thing of, of all of this difference is difference is good. Difference should be celebrated. Are you here this morning? You know, my wife and I are very different. Can I say that again? My wife and I are very different. If you've ever done Clifton Strength Finder, Nicole's number one strength is my last, and there's 35 of them. Her number one is my 35. Now, we could, and we have once in a while, because we are so different, it's easy to focus on the differences and fight about the differences. And men and women do this from time to time, right? Anyone ever had a disagreement? between men and women. And what is a struggle? We want them to think. I just need to think like me. And it's just biologically impossible. God has made me completely different than my wife. Now, we could argue forever, or we could celebrate that and see that as a strength. Because different brings strength. The strength in our differences. And this is why God brought us all together as his family. Different, there's, there's strength in the differences. There, there's beauty in the differences. Differences should be celebrated. This is the way of God, friends. This is the way of God. It's not the way of politics. Honoring the differences in one another. And he's going to bring all of those differences, and he's going to bring them under his purposes, his ways, so we can be salt and light. You know, one of the things that I love about pastoring this church is I, I've had the opportunity to do weddings from a bunch of different cultures. So I was marrying this couple, and you know, her name is Yami, but her full name is Oluyami. So I had, before the, the ceremony, I, I wanted to make sure I said her name correctly. So I was talking to another Nigerian lady 
to try to help me to say Oluyami with the proper inflections. It was a fun experience, let me tell you. So I, like, I, just, I just want to say her name right. And she's like, okay, go ahead and say it. I'm like, Oluyami. And she's like, no. <laughs> and I'm like, and she's like, and she said it back to me. And in my mind, it sounded exactly the same. And so I said it again, Oluyami. And she's like, no. It's like, Olu, like the U, I wasn't getting the U. Just right. And so we, we went back and forth about four or five times, and she's like, that's good enough. <laughs> and I've, it's, it's been so great marrying people from so many different places around the world, because so many people have all of these wonderful traditions and, and ways to celebrate marriage and love, and it's such a wonderful thing. But then also, on the flip side, uh, about all I've had about five different nationalities of people tell me when it came to the start of their wedding time that they would say, they would insert their nationality and it's like, oh, we're operating on their nationality time, which meant everything's late. <laughs> and so what I found out is, is it actually unique to any nationality? <laughs> it's, it, people are late. Human beings struggle with tardiness. <laughs> And so we have all of these beauty, beautiful things within all of these different cultures. But then we all have deficiencies like tardiness in all of our cultures. And what we're not doing is we're not taking up one culture and making that the highest culture. The kingdom culture is the highest culture. God's kingdom ways are the biggest thing. And it's the ways that we want to walk in. We're going to celebrate all of this uniqueness and difference and see that it brings us strength. But when we gather together under the banner of Jesus, with God's kingdom culture is the biggest thing. Mark chapter 3, verse 35, it says, whoever does the will of God is my brother and my sister and my mother. Nicole and I have had an opportunity to travel a little bit. One time we went to Italy, Pastor Mara arranged for us to go to Italy. And uh, it was just great to show up at a church in Italy and just to know that these are my brothers and sisters. Have you ever done that? Have you ever felt the, the warmth of that, traveling somewhere and going to a church? And you know, you walk in that church and you're like, this is my family. I don't, I don't need to check their political temperature. I could just walk into that group of people from every tribe, nation, language, and I'd be like, man, this is my family. And, and, and that, as your pastor, this is what I'm wanting you to do. I'm wanting you to do the will of God. Our desire for one another, would we, that we would do the highest thing in our lives, which would be the will of God, the global church. We are one. We are family Ephesians chapter 4, verse 4 said, There is one body, one spirit, just as you were called in one hope of your calling. One Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God, and Father of all. This brings us together, who is above all and through all and in you all. So this is what we share. Holy Spirit of God inside of me and the Holy Spirit of God on the inside of you, you from a different place. 
a different language, different culture, but we are brothers and sisters in God. And I know this, as a, as a young person, this bothered me. Brother, oh, hi, brother. It's like, oh, brother. I'm like, oh, I'm just so churchy. I hate it. It's so churchy. But I really love it now. Because I see the beauty in, in God's intended purpose of it. Because it brings us together. And there's no together like sibling together. Right? Now, you could fight with your siblings like nobody else. But afterwards, we're together. And if you mess with my sister, I just want you to know you mess with me. In the same way for her, which was great because she was really tall and big growing up. So I never got messed with. <laughs> Sherry was tall and intimidating, still is. <laughs> Man, we might disagree on stuff. But at the core of it, at the core of who we are as Jesus followers, we're family. You're stuck with me, friends. You are stuck with me for legitimately eternity. <laughs> There's no hiding from me. I'm coming over to your mansion one day so you can tell me how good this message was. And then we'll go golfing afterwards and I'll crush you at golf in heaven. <laughs> Still going to be who I am in heaven, all right? <laughs> oh, I'm over time already. It's okay. I think I make the rules today. Colossians chapter 1, verse 12. Giving thanks to the Father who has qualified us to be partakers of the inheritance of the saints in light, who has delivered us from the power of darkness into the kingdom of the Son of His love, in whom we have redemption, His blood, the forgiveness of sins. He is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn over all creation. What was it there? We saw something about His blood. Barbara, you can come. I'm, not, I'm joking. I'm not going to go much longer. We see what brings us together is the blood of Jesus. What is it that my sister and I share? We have the same blood. There's, we've got the same two parents. We're blood, brother, and sister. But you and I, from every place around the world, from every language, from every people group, you and I are blood brothers and sisters. And the blood of Jesus, stronger than any human blood. And if the church, if the city church, we could embrace this and live this, man, we can make a difference in the world that's pulling itself apart. Division disunity focusing on the differences what we focus on brings us together the blood of Jesus the worship of God skipping a verse guys Psalm 34 
Verse 3, this is what I say to all my family of God. Oh, magnify the Lord with me. Let us exalt his name together. That's what I want to exalt. I'm not saying I don't have political opinions. I do. We can talk about it for four hours if you want. I don't care, but I'm not exalting that. I don't worship that. Let us, the family of God, what are we going to do? We're going to exalt his name. And if we keep that order right, if we keep that way right, we can be salt and light. We can be a family of God worth looking at. That we can be an example in our culture. We can be a blessing in our culture. Last verses and then we'll finish. Therefore, since we have been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we have obtained access by faith into this grace in which we stand and we rejoice in hope of the glory of God. See, this is the hope for our world. Is The hope for our world is God, not my politics. Not only that, but we rejoice in our sufferings knowing that suffering produces endurance and endurance produces character and character produces hope and hope does not put us to shame because God's love has been poured into our hearts through the Holy Spirit who has been given to us. In all of our differences and all of our different places, followers of Jesus, this is what makes us the same. That the love of God has actually been poured down in our hearts. And I don't have to hold it back from anyone. Why? Because I have the heavenly vision. I see who's invited into the family of God. And who's invited into the family of God, friends? It's everybody. You've never locked eyes with somebody, with any human that God does not love and has not sent his son to die for. And so his love has been poured down on the inside of you and me. Why? What's the purpose of it? So that we can love each other unconditionally. Do you check this box? Do you check this box? Do we agree on this? Do we agree on this? Because if we don't agree on this, I'm holding back my love. No, that's, that's worldly ways. And it's actually the people that we don't agree with that actually need us to love them. Because wouldn't we say that would be different? Because that's the opposite of what's happening in the world. But we can be different. Why could, be, why could we be different? Is it because we're better people? Nope. Because we're not. Is the Holy Spirit of God has been poured down on the inside of us. So today, if you are in this room, if you are watching us online, God invites you into this multiracial, multi-ethnic, different speaking people group. And it is the people that name the name of Jesus. It is the people that know 
we are hopeless without a savior. And there's no way for me to climb the mountain to God and there's no need for me because God has come down off of the mountain and his name is Jesus. And he's made a way for everyone to be in the family of God. And all we have to do is say, yeah, yeah, sign me up for this family. I'm tired of dividing from everybody else. I want to be in a family, man, that we could just love each other, that we don't have to agree on everything, but we could just love each other. I'm going to pray a prayer here in a second. So if you have never made Jesus the Lord of your life, if you're here in the room, if you're watching us online, and I invite you to pray along with me. The gospel, the good news is all about Jesus, that he came, lived a sinless life, died on the cross. God raised him from the dead so that we could actually have a relationship with God. A relationship with God doesn't come from our own goodness, our own religiosity. It comes from a provision that God gives. And all we have to do is say yes. God, yes, I want to be part of your family. So everybody here in the room today, let's all bow our heads and close our eyes and let's pray this out loud together. God, today we thank you for Jesus. We thank you that he came and lived a sinless life. He died on the cross and you raised him from the dead so that I could know you and have a relationship with you. So today I say yes to that relationship. I say yes to being in your family. God, I call you my father. Jesus, I call you my Lord. God, I purpose to follow after your ways. I thank you for salvation today. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thank you for taking the time to listen in. Be sure to subscribe and check out our podcast channel for other messages. For more content from The City Church or to connect with us, visit us at thecitychurch.ca or find us on Facebook or Instagram at citychurchgta. Thanks again for joining us.